Well, welcome again. My name's Pastor Chris. I, I didn't introduce myself when I stood up before. So if I haven't met you yet, uh, I hope to, to get to meet some of you before you get out to your plans today, uh, trusting that everybody is enjoying their Easter Sunday morning. I, if, if your agenda, I hope your agenda when you came to church this morning was simply meet with Jesus today. Come on, isn't that what it should be? We, we carry all these ideas of what we think should happen and what, what would make a great service or do this and that. And it really comes down to, did I meet with Jesus today? Is my soul refreshed? Was he present in this place while we worshiped? And the answer is yes, by the way. He, he was here this morning moving among us. So happy Easter to everybody. Uh, we are celebrating the resurrection of Jesus today. And uh, as, as I was thinking about uh, this Easter uh, I was thinking about the kids are really on to something. How many of you know that uh, we have the kids in the room with us this morning? So thanks, guys. You guys are awesome for being here and celebrating Easter with us. Um, but I, I saw some kids were on the scent of, of what Easter is really about and is the Easter bunny real or not. And uh, if you go ahead and put that first cartoon up, I saw a kid asking his dad, if we put cookies and milk out for Santa, why don't we put salad and carrots out for the Easter bunny? And the dad's like, ah, because the Easter bunny doesn't like salad and carrots. He likes cookies and milk. That's what he's after. Uh, and then uh, the real reason we're here to celebrate this morning is the next picture. Nothing, the guy's uh, at the tomb and his wife's asking him, nothing is certain except what? And taxes? And when Jesus is involved, there is nothing certain about death at all. That is not the end of the story at all. Uh, this month, we've been doing a series called Stones, and we're talking about some of the different stones in the Bible. And uh, really, for this series, we're saying that stones are natural representations of the situations and circumstances that we experience. So when we're talking about stones last week, this week, next week, we're going to finish it up. But we're talking really about things that have happened to us that come into our lives. And every stone has a story attached to it. Some of the stories and the stones that come into our lives, they may be big or small. They may be joyful or painful. Uh, They may be easy to understand, or sometimes they're hard to figure out. Sometimes the stones weigh us down. Sometimes they hurt us. Or if we let them, Stones can teach us and remind us and build something in our lives of lasting value. And uh, last week, we said that we can turn every stone in our lives into a place of worship, that we can have a moment there of anointed with the Holy Spirit to say, Lord, I'm inviting you into this situation. Show me, teach me, let me understand what you're doing through this situation in my life to build something in me. And uh, this week, as we start out, I just want to remind us that the stones that come into our lives aren't just for us. Sometimes we think, oh, I've got to process all this stuff that happens in my life, all these circumstances and situations, and we think it's just for us to learn something, but they're really for us and everyone around us. Uh, There was a story in the Old Testament where Joshua and the Israelites had been wandering around in the desert with Moses. Moses had passed away, and it was time now for the Israelites to enter into the promised land. How many of you are thankful for promised land seasons in your life? Like, man, I've been waiting to see this happen. God promised me, and it comes. The the time has arrived. And that's what happened for the Israelites. The time had arrived. You're getting to go in and possess the land that was promised to you. The only problem was there was this huge river in front of them, between them and their promised land, and it was flood season. And they said, how are we going to get across this river? Hopefully, some of them remembered the stones of the Red Sea parting, and the experiences they had to remind them of God's faithfulness. I think Joshua knew this is no problem for God. 
Joshua was one of the few people left that had actually walked through the Red Sea when it parted. He said, I did that. God, this is not too hard for you. And he told the priest, pick up that ark, the ark of the covenant, the presence of God, where we worship him, and start walking into the river and see what God's going to do. And in that story, God caused the waters of the river to separate. And that actually says they reversed the flow and they piled up a distance away at a town called Adam. Too much to unpack in that story. But there was a curse that came to us through Adam's disobedience in the garden. God caused the waters to pile up and stop up there. And we walk across on dry land into our promise. But while they're walking across, Joshua says, pick up 12 stones from the middle of the river. Carry them across to the other side. And when we get to the other side, we're going to do something with those stones that we picked up from the very place that God did a miracle. And in Joshua chapter 4, verse 6, it says, We will use these stones to build a memorial. In the future, your children will ask you, What do these stones mean? And then you can tell them. And he goes on to recount the story of God separating the waters. They got to tell the story to their children about how God supernaturally fulfilled promises to them. Our stones that come into our lives connect us to the next generation. They help us recount the promises of God. We get to tell stories when our children ask us, well, why do we do this? Why does our family go to church every week? Why do we celebrate at Easter? Why does our family pray at home before these meals? Or whatever you do that's a tradition in your household. When your children ask you that, it's not a time to say, oh, because that's what we do. Come on. It's a time to say, let me tell you a story. Let me tell you what this represents. Let me plant something in the foundation of your life based on what God has done for me. How many of you are thankful that you have a parent or a friend or or someone that was in your life that went through and had an experience where they saw the goodness of God that you got to build on? You didn't have to go through and keep walking around the mountain until something happened in your life. You said, I'm going to grab hold of that testimony, that stone that's already a memorial in your life, and I'm going to use it to build something in my life. That's what we do for our children. When our children see these stones and ask us, what's that for? We get to recount to them, God really is good. And if we don't know why those stones are there, if we don't know the the why behind those things, they are just a pile of rocks that we're lugging around. It's taking up room every time we move. Why do we have these rocks in 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 the van? Oh my gosh. Have you guys ever thrown away more stuff after you moved? I don't know why that is. That just occurred to me. Like we carry all this stuff around and it really is we end up getting rid of it. We need to know the why. The things that we keep, the things that are important, the things that come out of the trailer and stay in the house are the ones that have value attached to them. They have a story. They have meaning. They're important to us. When we share them, it puts something in the foundation of our children's lives. Maybe you're here this morning. Maybe this Easter is going to be a stone in your life that you build something off of. Maybe today is a memorial to, hey, I, I met God in this place. He became real to me. I decided to start a habit again of, of connecting with God and seeing how he would move in my life. Maybe this season is going to be a marker that one day your kids are going to look back and say, why do we do this? Why do we go here? Why is it about this worship and these group of people? And you're going to get to say, let me tell you a story of where I was and where I am now. We've... We've all dealt with a variety of stones that have come through our lives this past couple years, haven't we? Man, the la- this, this Easter looks a lot different than last year and especially the year before it. 
we've come through some stuff together. And, and I've, I've been listening to people and they've been talking about what's going on in our lives. And there's a lot of people that are talking about how divided we are and how everybody's got their opinions and how people aren't nice to each other anymore. Has anybody experienced that? Maybe, maybe a better, don't raise your hand. Is anybody the source of that? Sometimes it's, God gives us the wisdom to keep our mouths shut sometimes. Maybe that's a better wisdom than knowing what to say. Anyway, I've heard a lot of people talking about how divided we are. And these are stones. These are circumstances and experiences that we're having to process. And either they're going to crush us or we're going to build something. We're going to learn how to live with each other, how to interact together, and build something beautiful for the Lord through what sends to our lives. And we think 2022 is a divided, tumultuous time in our nation. And, and just for a quick story, a little detour this morning, I wanted to tell you about another Easter week, 157 years ago, 1865, there was actually a civil war that was raging in our country. Come on, talk about, we think we're divided now. Nobody yet has picked up arms against their neighbor. This is what was going on in the United States in 1865. For four years, they'd been killing each other. And on Palm Sunday... Come on, Palm Sunday, celebrating what Jesus did on the cross. It was the time that Robert E. Lee came to Appomattox, Virginia, and sat down with Ulysses Grant to surrender and say, we need to end this fighting. You've, you've won. You, you guys won. I don't know what to do about it. There's actually a picture of the, the two generals, Ulysses Grant on the left and Robert E. Lee on the right. And with Lincoln's blessing... Grant agreed to give parole to everybody that had fought in the Southern Army. He agreed to feed them. They had been in a place where they didn't even have rations for their troops for the last 10 weeks of the battle. He says, we've been eating nothing but this dried corn that we found on the floor of the fields that we were camped in. And, and Grant said, we're going to feed your troops. We're going to pardon you. We're going to send you back. In fact, not only did he feed them, he said, I'm going to let every man that we can give one to take a mule or a horse home to his, his home so that he can plant a crop to feed his family next spring. And I thought about that, and I thought, this is reflective of the spirit of Easter. Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. There is forgiveness that flows because of the cross that didn't just flow to us, but it is intended to flow out to those around us. And as I was thinking about the divisions now and how divided they were back then, how many of us would choose to bless the people that we disagree with right now like that? Come on, they, they had every right to say, we've been at war, you're our prisoners, we're, we're going to subjugate you, you're going to serve us, we're going to take your fields, you're not going to have anything again. But there was forgiveness that flowed during Holy Week of 1865. And then five days later, before Easter, so in between Palm Sunday and Easter, Abraham Lincoln is shot and killed. And the nation's in mourning. There were some major stones placed into the history of our nation during that week. Physically, there's over 4,000 monuments to the Civil War spread out throughout our country. And uh, you can go there and see the memorials and reflect on what happened. But symbolically, there are some stones that we're still healing from and some stones that we're still building on, stones that we look at to remember so we don't repeat some of the mistakes that happened in the past. 
There was a lot going on in 1865 during Holy Week that was vying for people's attentions. And I thought one of the secrets, because it's so similar to the divisions we're seeing today, one of the secrets is to not let those stones overshadow the real reason we're here during Holy Week. We are celebrating the stone that is the most important stone that was ever sent to this earth. This is the key verse we read last week, Matthew 21. Jesus asked them, he said, didn't you ever read this in the scriptures? The stone that the builders rejected has now become the cornerstone. This is the Lord's doing and it's wonderful to see. Don't let whatever else is happening in the world distract us from the real importance of what's going on right now. Jesus is doing something in our lives and in the earth today. And there's a lot of things that the enemy would like you to get distracted by. Say, look over here, look over here. This is the most important thing you could be thinking about right now. And the most important thing we can be thinking about right now is what we were doing this morning, celebrating the risen Christ that walked out of the tomb. That's the importance of why we're here. Build on the rock. And when the winds and the storms come, our house won't be demolished. God's referred to again and again in scripture as the rock. Psalm 95 is one example. Verse one says, come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout joyfully to the rock of our salvation. The same way that stones have permanence and durability and they can't be moved. Jesus can't be moved in our lives. We, we said it last week that, that we need to stop in the middle of our situations and circumstances and worship, but that's because worship is part of the building process. Whatever is happening in your life. You may come in this room this morning. You're like, well, I'm not a singer. I don't know about all the music. I don't know. There's worship that can come from within your heart that doesn't have a thing to do with how well you sing or whether you play an instrument or not. And in those moments when we choose to worship, no matter what we're going through, something is built in our lives. God takes those stones and turns them into building material that he does and erects something in us that is solid and will withstand whatever comes against it. As Christians, we're going to be alive long after every disease is done. Long, long after suffering disappears, long after every hardship ends, after every voice that comes against you has been silenced, we're still going to be alive. Jesus releases a life to us that is eternal. And that's what we're celebrating. We're not going to be moved by the circumstances and what's going on around us. We're going to keep our eyes fixed on Jesus and be the people that he's asked us to be. God is the only one that can unite us in spite of all our differences. And that's why the enemy wants you to look at the stuff that divides and the stuff that is, oh, vying for your attention. And Jesus is saying, just keep your eyes on me. You, you can be in this room with people and call them brother and sister and love them no matter which side of the political aisle they're on, no matter what opinions they have, no matter what they've done in their past, where they've come from. Jesus unites us together and it is a witness to the world that they look at us in this room and they say, how could people like this be with people like this? And it's because we have our eyes on him. We, we build on Jesus and then stuff will last. It doesn't matter what else comes into your life. If you're built on the cornerstone, you're going to be okay. We are, we are going to get through this no matter what this is. We're going to rejoice together. We're going to suffer together. We're going to laugh together. We're going to weep together. Whatever it is, we have our eyes fixed on Jesus and we're walking together. Some of the stones that come into our lives, we have to build on Jesus because some of those stones aren't just random hardships. 
Some of the stones are intended to destroy us. Have you ever had a stone or an experience come into your life that, that it was like, wow, this is evil. Like this isn't just random life happens and life is hard. Like this is meant to destroy me. And I want to tell you one last story this morning. Uh, there were two guys in the Bible named Paul and Barnabas. And they'd been traveling around telling people about how good Jesus was. They had had miracles happen. They had seen him do stuff in their lives that couldn't be denied. They knew the power of the Holy Spirit. They were traveling around planting churches and declaring good news. And they went to a city called Lystra. And while they were there, there was a guy sitting there. He was crippled since birth. So everybody in the town knew who this guy was. He'd laid there for years. He couldn't walk. He couldn't even stand on his own. And when Paul and Barnabas saw him, it says they healed him. And he began to walk. And the town went nuts. They were celebrating because everybody knew who this guy was. This couldn't be denied. This was miraculous. And they went so nuts that they thought Paul and Barnabas were gods. They said, you must be Zeus. Like, this is awesome. Let's, let's get some cows. Let's get some palm branches. Let's have a sacrifice and a feast to you guys. And Paul and Barnabas had to say, wait a minute. We're just men like you. Don't sacrifice to us. We're here to tell you about Jesus. That's who healed this guy. That's, that's who's releasing this power in your midst. And while they were trying to calm the crowd down, it says some religious troublemakers... As Christians, well, I could get in trouble there. I I have known some religious troublemakers, and not in a good way. There were some religious troublemakers. They thought they were doing God's work by persecuting Paul and Barnabas. And they came and they turned the crowd against them. Come on, the crowd that had just seen a miracle that wanted to sacrifice. They were so excited about what just happened that they wanted to kill animals and worship Paul and Barnabas. They got that crowd to turn on them. And say, hey, we're going to kill you now. We went, we went from wanting to worship you to we want to kill you. Life comes at you fast. Makes me want a Snickers right now or something. I mean, talk about a roller coaster. I rode, I got to ride some roller coasters recently with, with Eli and Leo. It was very exciting. There was only one roller coaster that I was having second thoughts and regrets about when I was on. It, it went way up this hill, and then it was a 91-degree drop. So it was like not straight down, but a little in even. And it, it occurred to me that as much as uncomfortable as some of those moments were, being strapped in and harnessed to, to that roller coaster, to the car that was carrying me, is a lot like having our foundation on Jesus. Because I didn't have to worry about going off the rails, going off the track. It would have been dangerous to climb up there on my own and slide down the track. But as long as I was harnessed in there, it didn't matter if the thing went up, down, sideways, upside down. I was safe. That's kind of what happens when we keep our eyes on Jesus. No matter what the roller coaster of life throws at us, whether you're on a mountaintop or the next minute you're down in the valley upside down, you're going to be okay as long as we're connected to him. But these troublemakers came, and this is what happened in Acts 14, verse 19. It says, Then some of the Jews arrived from Antioch and Iconium and won the crowds to their side. They stoned Paul and dragged him out of town thinking he was dead. Come on, we're not talking about just situations and circumstances. They picked up literal stones and began to throw them at Paul and hit him with them until he died. 
Talk about going from a moment of huge success to huge failure. I had the crowd in the palm of my hand. They wanted to worship me, and now they're killing me. They threw literal stones on top of Paul to bury him. They left him for dead. Nobody may have thrown literal rocks at you. And if if they have, I'm sorry that you had that experience in your life. Nobody may have thrown literal rocks at you, but people may have lied about you and stabbed you in the back. Friends might have deserted you. You may have been told that you're not worthy of being loved. You may have accepted the label of, of outcast or loser or freak or failure or stupid. There are things, very real things, that are stones that pile on top of us. It's amazing how many times the fiery darts of the enemy come out of other people's mouths. There are stones that are heaped on us to try to kill us and bury us and leave us for dead. I saw this quote from Eric Idle. He said, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will make me go into a corner by myself and cry for hours. There are very real things that happen to us to try to kill us and leave us for dead. Thankfully for Paul, the people that were with him understood, wait a minute, we follow somebody who had a stone placed over their grave and it didn't stop him. Come on, the people, his friends surrounded him said, wait a second, we serve a guy that said, I am the resurrection and the life. This, this shouldn't be a problem for him. We've seen this before. Maybe some of the guys that were traveling with Paul and Barnabas, maybe they knew a man named Jairus that had a daughter that died at his house and they saw Jesus come to the house and say, little girl, get up and walk and presented her back to her dad. Maybe some of those people that were traveling with Paul and Barnabas, maybe they knew a widow lady that came from the town of Nain that actually was in a funeral procession to go bury her son until Jesus just happened upon the procession. And he said, what's going on here? Death doesn't have the last word. And he went over and he got that little boy up out of the cart and gave him back to his mother. Maybe some of those people that were traveling with Paul and Barnabas were friends with Mary and Martha and their brother Lazarus. Maybe a couple of them had even been there when Jesus said, roll that stone away. And he said, Lazarus, come out of that grave today. Just maybe some of them knew the resurrection and the life and had seen him do those miracles and said, wait a minute, he lives in us now. We can do this because he did it and now he's here in us. Do you see what I see? Dead things coming back to life again. I believe there's about to be another resurrection. We sang those words this morning. Do we really believe them? And thankfully for Paul, there were people in that crowd that said, do you know who I know? There's about to be another resurrection. And it says this in verse 20. I believe they got each other stirred up. They said, let's do this thing. And they went and surrounded Paul. In verse 20, it says, when the believers encircled Paul's body, he miraculously stood up. Paul stood and immediately went back into the city. And the next day he left with Barnabas for Derby. Come on. What happened in that moment when the believers encircled Paul? I believe they began to speak and declare life to him. Come on, back to life, resurrection, life, and power. We speak to you by the power of the Holy Spirit in the name of Jesus. I believe that's what was happening in that moment in that circle. And Paul hopped right back up and went directly back to the place where the people had just stoned him. You left me for dead, but I serve a God of resurrection life. Come on, he was the proof of his own message. 
Hey, guys, remember when you threw this rock at me? I carried it back in town just to show you. How many of us, come on, I believe there, there are some people that if you are a risk taker, if you are a person of faith, that very place where the people tried to heap stones on you and leave you for dead, I believe that's the place you can carry resurrection life back there and say, hey, you wanted to bury me. You wanted to leave me for dead. You said these things about me. You did these things behind my back. But I'm here to tell you that Jesus is the resurrection and the life, and I'm not going to stay in that place of death. He immediately hopped up and went back. Is there an area of your life where the stones thrown at you have buried something and left it for dead? Maybe it's a dream, it's a vision, maybe it's a relationship in a family, maybe it's, it's a job you lost or an opportunity that passed you by. Is there some stone that's been piled on you and they said, that's, that's dead, just leave it there. Maybe it even feels a little bit like there's a stone covering your life that was like the stone rolled over Jesus' tomb. Come on, it wasn't enough that they just put a stone over Jesus' tomb. Pilate put a seal over it and put guards around it. You're dead. You stay there. Maybe your stone in your life feels like that. Like it's not just a pile of stones. They're guarding it and keeping me in there may be a small thing or it may be your whole life. I don't know what those stones look like. They're different for everybody. But I'm here to tell you that God has other plans for you today. He doesn't want you to stay in that place of death. He wants you to experience the power of his resurrected life. He wants to release something of himself into us. Here's, here's one last thought for you about Easter and the resurrection. Uh, if you were here last week, we shared a story about Jacob having a dream. You, know, you can go back and listen to it again online. But Jacob had this dream and he saw heaven opened. And he saw angels ascending and descending. And he saw heaven's activity in the place where he was. And I want to remind you, there are some things that an angel may do in your situation There are some things that resurrection life may be released and what it looks and feels like. And uh, there were two Marys on their way to the tomb on Easter morning. Just just to land on the Easter story since it is Easter morning. They were on their way to the tomb and they were thinking the whole time, how are we even going to get in there? They've rolled a stone over it and they've sealed it. He's dead and we can't even get to him. And I find it fascinating the Marys were carrying spices of anointing and I'm, I'm going to keep going back to it till we get it down in here there, there were objects of worship that they were carrying with them because worship builds something and changes that situation from a stone of death to a stone of life and they were on their way to the tomb carrying those anointing spices it's okay to revisit those stones come on don't assume that they're permanent and they're going to stay there forever They were on their way to the tomb, and in Matthew 28 says, There was a violent earthquake, for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven, and going to the tomb, he rolled back the stone and sat on it. How cool is that? Like, let me just roll this over here, and then I'm going to sit on it to make sure they can't put it back in place. Those people that rolled it over your life and wanted you to feel like you're dead and it's permanent. I'm, I'm, the Lord says, I'm supposed to sit here and keep this stone from rolling back over you. 
And it may not be natural violence that happens, but there is spiritual violence that shakes loose the hold of death in our lives. God sends his messengers, his angels, his activity, his spirit, whatever, however it comes to us, he does spiritual violence to the realm of death and the grave, and he brings life to us. The angels sat on it, and he goes on to say, he tells Mary, the angel's sitting there on the stone, and he says, he's not here. He's risen, just like he said he would. <laughs> Anybody else picture the angel saying, told you so? Like, <laughs> like I, I don't know whether to be excited or offended that you're being sarcastic with me at the moment. But he says, he's not here. He told you that he was the resurrection and the life, that that's who he is and what he's about in your life. Don't look for the dead, the living among the dead. There may be a shaking in a situation that you thought was dead. There may be something that that starts to happen that you're like, you know, I need to go back and revisit that. I feel like God wants to do something there. He's, he's moving in an area that I had written off, that I had thought was buried, that there was a pile of stones on it. There was a seal over it. There were people guarding it saying, don't you go back there. That's dead. And there might be an earthquake that starts to shake it. Because Jesus is about to do something to bring resurrection life. Jesus turns stones of death into memorials to life. And that's really what he's all about in our lives. So that when our children say, what are those stones again? Well, let me tell you about a story where I used to be dead. But now I'm alive. I used to be blind, but now I see. There's something that awakened in me the moment Jesus called my name and I walked out of that tomb. Whatever it is, there's a story that you're going to carry that used to be a stone that was a monument to death. And Jesus turned it into a memorial to life. That when other people ask you about it, you can say, I have a story that you can't take away. And this Easter Sunday, my action item that I have for us this week is I want us to believe for a stone to be rolled away in our life. I don't, I don't know what it is for you. I don't know if it's, it's little. Come on. How many of you know Jesus is interested in the little stuff in our lives too? The, the details matter to him. It's, it's not too big. It's not too complicated. It's not too little. It's not too insignificant. He wants to come to release life in those places. And I want us to believe for a stone to be rolled away. And here's, here's what we did. Because the believers rallied together. Come on, I said a couple weeks ago, you don't get your identity from being part of a group, but there is power from being part of a group because we get to remind each other of who we are. And because the believers rallied together, uh, I put a number on the screen there. Don't call it because nobody will answer it probably, but you can text it. And what I'd like you to do is is you can even take out your phone. Put that number in there right now. I'm not going to be offended if you pull your phone out in church. If there's an area that was dead, that you want someone to believe with you, I want this to come back to life. Jesus Jesus just reminded me of this place in my life. I don't see how it could come back to life because it's been dead for so long. If you're thinking of that moment right now, I want you to send it to that number and just say, believe with me. The same way that those believers rallied around Paul. 
And they reminded themselves, we've seen Jesus do this before. He can do it again. Let's, let's get together. There's power in unity. There's power in agreement. Jesus, I remember this saying now. I, I just picture the, the believers there surrounding Paul saying, do you remember that time when Jesus said, if two of us uh, touch anything and agree on it, it will be done. There's so many promises that we get to remind each other of. So if you have a situation or circumstance, I want you to just send it to us. And we're going to stand together. We're going to pray. We're we're not going to circulate details to everybody. We're not going to tell everybody's dirty laundry. But we are going to pray. And we're going to let you guys know later this week. Hey, pray for marriages. Pray for relationships. Pray for finances. Whatever it is that you send. We're not going to tell details. But we're going to tell people to begin to pray. Because there are dead things in our lives that we're believing for Jesus to bring resurrection life to. Yes, Jesus. And, and we are going to rally together just like the believers did around Paul. And we're going to see those things come back to life. And we're going to be able to say to the future generations, see that stone over there? Let me tell you a story when God brought something back to life. Let's go ahead and stand. We're, we're going to worship Jesus before we go. We're going to do one last song today. But I, I just want to ask you, if you're in this room today, or if you're watching online, and you've never started a relationship with Jesus, Jesus called himself the cornerstone. Maybe you've been building according to your own plans. Maybe you've left him out of the building process. Today is a great day to let Jesus become the cornerstone of your life. The the book of Romans said, if I believe in my heart and confess with my mouth that Jesus is Lord, that God, I believe that God, you raised him from the dead. It says in that moment, you're saved. There's new life that comes to you. You become a new creation. Jesus causes something that's dead to come back to life. If you need to do that today, I'm going to ask you to come see us after service. There's going to be people from the ministry team up here. They'd love to pray with you. They'll introduce you to Jesus and tell you what it means to follow him. They'll also be up here to pray for anything. You you got pain in your body. You got sickness. You need Jesus to do a miracle in your life. Come get some prayer before you leave this Easter Sunday to go to your plans. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your presence in this place today. We thank you for your goodness in our lives. We thank you for your promise to be the resurrection and the life in us. Lord, thank you that we carry that life to the people around us. Let our lives be testimonies. Let us be a walking billboard for the power and the might of the name of Jesus. Lord, make yourself famous in this region through our lives and the things that we do. Be honored in this place. Be glorified through our lives. Let your name resound throughout the earth. Thank you for meeting with us this morning. Thank you for being with us when we leave this place. Thank you that you surround us with your presence everywhere that we go. We say that we love you and we honor you now in Jesus' name. Let's worship together and then we'll dismiss after this song. Wandering, wandering into the night.